Hi, well, thanks for joining and welcome mm -hmm. to Bluntly Us on Cannabis Capital. Got a great show for you today. Unfortunately, Dina's not uh, gonna be joining us, but we are joined by the wonderful Best Buyers. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having We're me. We're gonna have a, a great conversation covering a lot of topics. Um, and as usual, you know, every Thursday at 11 or 11.30ish, <laughs> we uh, are talking to some of the cannabis industry's most accomplished and influential decision makers. And once again, we're blessed with a, a really great guest. And Best comes to us from, from, uh, from Washington. Yeah. But when we met, she actually lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, so I guess for those of us that aren't familiar, mostly since um, most of your work in the cannabis industry has been in Washington. Um, how did you get into it? How did you start? Yeah, I got my start in the industry. One of my girlfriends from college, um, you know, she was like, we met my so summer after sophomore year of college. And she was like the friend that like, she was like my weed plug and just mm -hmm. like was really into biology and plants. And then she got a medical license. And so um, when she's growing medically, I would come up and photograph her plants. And like, she taught me to trim and clone. And, you know, it was like, still fun but taboo because it was like medical um and then when she got her i-502 license she offered me a job doing marketing for them and so i moved back up to washington and um you know six years later here i am wow that's uh that's so interesting because you know when we first met we mm -hmm. were both kind of in different industries yeah i was you know still a, a st in student uh politics mostly uh, and I know you were doing like media and politics. Yeah, and stuff at yeah. That time. Was it like advocating for the national debt, trying to just educate millennials on this issue that I think is going to affect everybody, regardless of political affiliation? For sure. And so I guess that that brings up a good point, which is, did which came first, your political advocacy or your cannabis advocacy or work, or <laughs> um, you know, how did that fall in? That's a good question. I mean, for me, I've been smoking cannabis since I was in high school, you know, like late teens. Um, and so I just always, you know, enjoyed it recreationally. And then when I lived in LA, I started using it um, before I would go run on Venice Boardwalk, like I lived in Venice Beach. And so that was kind of like my decompress, you know, de-stress after work. Um, but then for me, politics, I became really politically aware in 2009 to 2010 when I lived in China. And it woke me up to things like government spying, um, state-run media, the U.S. national debt. Um, and so I really just started to wake up to this belief in like freedom and liberty and that both sides, the right and the left, will use force to advocate their agenda. Um, and cannabis just falls into, you know, the whole liberty tree, you know, the freedom to do what you want with your body. Um, Awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's very similar to, to my own kind of path. I actually, um, you know, when I I was doing work with inst with organizations like uh, Students for Responsible Drug Policy mm -hmm. um, and uh, Mises Institute and other similar uh, free market and liberty oriented mm -hmm. groups um, before I, I got into the cannabis industry and act and um, so for me, it's always been like, well, it's something that I, I believe in principally mm -hmm. that, you know, it's it's not something that um, that I think is beyond the realm of personal responsibility and control. It yeah. doesn't seem like there's any objective harm to anyone else. Yeah. So that's that's always kind of driven me as well. So I think that's really awesome that that has, um, 
you know, been a, so sustaining for you. Yeah. But more, more recently, I think the the kind of conversation has has changed, um, and I know that it's become like kind of kind of come full circle in that like cannabis is becoming political again, uh, or getting more involved in politics. Where you know where I kind of see it, it's the cannabis industry coming out of prohibition should should be very you know skeptical about government intervention. Yeah. That's that's I mean coming from prohibition yeah. where millions of people are thrown in jail and families are ruined and you know lives are destroyed. I think erring on the side that uh, you know maybe intervention's not the best idea. Yeah. Is is good, but you know right now we've got some initiatives locally and I know they have they're up in in Washington mm-hmm. as well where they're in, you know incentivizing kind of compliance and I don't know what what's what's going on with that what do you um I mean are we talking about like the joints for jab stuff going on or just um <laughs> I, I think that's definitely part of it for sure yeah I mean I just think it's so interesting that um you know for example some of the um the legal the legalization bills that that are coming forward you know a lot of them have these social equity components which you know is great sounds great in theory like we all need to acknowledge that the war on drugs has harmed people, disproportionately targeted people of color. Um, But I think it's crazy to then say, okay, in order for us to have this plant be legal, you're going to have to take a percentage of that or add an extra 10% on and then give that to the very same governmental entity that for years, you know, locked people up for this plant. It's like, why should I trust you guys now to, to roll out these equity programs when you guys have been the very ones, you've been the perpetrators of it. You know, yeah, and it's, it's like we point. need to acknowledge that, like, just ending the war on drugs, you know, that alone is like there's the equity. Like, get the people out of jail, remove their, you know, their if they have felonies or past convictions, mm-hmm. like, get them off their record so that they have a clean slate and can enter the workforce. And acknowledge that the cannabis industry has been a huge driver of job growth, economic growth, um, you know, and and let our people grow and get government, get government out of it. Yeah. And that seems to kind of be the theme is that, you know, where everyone's demanding more access Mm -hmm. to cannabis and plant medicine, that instead of just getting out of the way, they're seeing how much they can take along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's I I really encourage everyone in the cannabis industry to to be cognizant of, of, you know, those the very people that have been victimizing the community now saying that they're protecting it and. Um, you know, advocating for it. That's well, I would very say suspicious. One thing too that I think all people should do is like, you know, instead of just reading the news headlines, go to the source. Like for me, that's been one of my, the best ways that I've learned unbiased information is just going and reading the legislation, you know, going and reading the, you know, the BCC or the LCB, go and read their statements, see what they're saying, see what they're promoting and make up your own mind. Yeah, that's... um. A le- it's a big leap, though. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but surprisingly, it's not because um, and this is what I've learned is a lot of the times these documents are linked in in the articles that they're reporting on, um, and so you know maybe t- it's an extra five minutes of your time, but the the mental growth is priceless. Well, let's experience some mental growth with. Uh, I'm down. With yeah, this what is hash wrap? Yeah, um, the Axiom hash wrap. Shout out to Sam. Thank you. He. Uh, gave this to me at uh, Kush stock and uh, I've been waiting 
Oh yeah, is this the one that yeah, this is we're looking wrapped at? in in hash instead of a rolling paper or the back. I love the branding, the packaging on this is so pretty. I don't know if you can see it. Wow, that's amazing. It's like a really blonde hash too. Wow. Oh, and it's got um, a little joint, a glass. Is that a glass tip? Yeah, it's a glass tip? tip. Wow. Oh, and it's branded. Look at him, like. <laughs> wow. Okay, so how do you spark this thing? How does this thing not melt? That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. It's like, is it going to drip everywhere? I, like, I know for sure he posted a video on Instagram <laughs> about, like, how to do it right, but uh -oh. I don't remember. Okay, I'm going to have you spark gonna, that up. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can not mess this up. Okay. Oh, wow. The hash bubbles up. Yeah, that's smoke cool. It. Look at the evolution of smoking. I know. You know? I can't believe, like, this is this is a, a different level experience, certainly. I had one of his uh, his early prototypes, and it was a it was a darker wrap, and it didn't quite burn the same. Looks like he really dialed oh it in, because this is smoking much, much better. Oh, my gosh. I would love to, like, photograph it, the way that the smoke, the smoke clouds. Oh, my gosh. It's that thick hash smoke. Yeah. Wow. It was really good. Cool. Yum. So, you know, I guess being so outspoken, mm -hmm. being willing to say what's on your mind and in your heart, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's something that, you know, we should encourage people to do. And I think generally we talk about encouraging it. Um, I think in practice, sometimes it's, it's not as clean cut and it's not as um, generous. Mm -hmm. But um, how do you deal with people who are, you know, not as receptive or critical to, to the message or the messenger? You know what? That's totally fine. I think it's really interesting how some people have wanted to cancel me or like suddenly don't like me once they discover my views and like limited government and the free market. And, um, you know, I think that that's really... I don't know. I think that people can still disagree politically and be friends. And I think that people forget that, you know, a divided population are easier to control. You know, it's like, why not just sit down and talk to people about, you know, about these things? Why not just learn, you know? And at the end of the day, if we don't agree. We don't agree, you know, but, it, but my ideas won't use force to implement their agenda on other people. So like, even if we don't agree. Yeah. So I think really what you're hitting on is kind of what I see as um, an increasing trend towards political intolerance. And uh, it's not it's not really as one-sided. It's it's very, you know, bilateral. I, I see a lot of people on both sides that are just yeah. extremely, you know, intolerant and hostile and contemptuous of, you know, just people who disagree with them. And I think that's unfortunate. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree I with that. I know sometimes I can slip into that as well. You know, it's um, it's hard to to remain, uh, you know, humble and also maintain like the remember that you're talking to people. Right? Yeah, because yeah, internet, it's like you're <laughs> hiding behind a screen. You know, so many people think that you know they would say things on the internet that they would probably never say in real life. You know, and if they did you know, all the more power, then I guess we're going to have mm -hmm. a discussion about things. Um, but it's so strange. Yeah, given how, you know, much people like to smile and, and yeah, when they see yeah. someone, I really doubt that they would be saying the same things in person. Well, and one thing that I've found at first when, when um, you know, people discover my political views and they, you know, they didn't like me, they tried to cancel me. I was really hurt. I was super depressed. It was so sad to see all of these predominantly women that I considered allies and like, you know, wanted to work with in the space or had worked with all of a sudden jump on board. Um, and I was really sad at first, but then, you know, after a while I started to feel a little bit more confident speaking out about what I believed, why I believe that way. And um, it really connected me with people that shared those views in Liberty or what was even more exciting was people that hadn't even thought about like a third party system or the belief in voluntarism or the non-aggression principle. And um, to get messages from people that are like, I'm like talking to like it's a microphone. No, no, you're good. Um, you know, the to get... smoke is like amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's so thick and beautiful. Um, you know, to get messages from people that are basically just saying, you know, hey, you opened my eyes to something. Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh, it's Orange from the Weed Tube. <laughs> um, you know, to get other people that message me and just shared, shared that. It's like, that's why I believe in speaking up for what you believe in, even if you're speaking alone. is because, you know, mm -hmm. what I think it was Thomas Massey that said this week, um, you know, that one of the most important thing about free speech is like the things that are often true are once, you know, like I'm totally butchering what he said, but it's like people are speaking out for things that yeah. are unconventional. Yeah. And um, so just speak out for what you believe in and don't hurt sure. people and don't take their stuff. And, and I think, you know, like you were saying, getting beyond kind of the, the us versus them paradigm, the left versus right, red versus blue. Um, disconnecting from that and just connecting with people on a genuine level because there's so much more that we have in common that like we don't have to mm -hmm. go keep this scorecard of like you know policy points yeah. that like really i mean it, as a, a a third party voter in a predominantly a very blue state mm -hmm. like is your vote even gonna make yeah. that much of a difference yeah. you know well down at local elections it definitely does but yeah. Sure, but I guess my, my point is like, what's the point of having hostility towards someone for having different opinion on yeah. something politically when yeah. like, you know, the impact on you was... Yeah, well, I, I would say a great example is like when I lived in China, it made me kind of see that even these people living on the other side of the world in a different system, you know, it's like at the end of the day, people want like love, happiness, and freedom. You know, and like opportunity, I think, comes with freedom. For self-determination, uh, right? Yeah. To find yeah. your own meaning, purpose, fulfillment. Yeah. And that's what freedom is. You it's know? not, it's not uh, you know, having free health care. Yeah, because it's not free. <laughs> that's just making sure the doctors are, yeah. you know, yeah. institutionalized. I know. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, okay, single-payer health care. And it's like, if, if you already hate corporations like some of these people claim to 
You know, it's like, why would you want to make your health beholden to certain medical corporations that are most likely going to be the ones that lobby the most that will then get the contracts for the single payer system? And, and then you're indebted to them. And the relevant, yeah, the, and the, all right, sorry to like completely no, you're good. <laughs> pivot that, but on that same note, like that's kind of where I feel the, the, th the threat of federal legalization lies is kind of the, um, if it, they deschedule to like schedule two or you yeah know, yeah if it, if it just becomes more locked up in the pharmaceutical companies yeah um keeping basically keeping the the cure in the same in the same uh, distribution system as the disease it's intended to fix yeah i'm like no way i don't need the pharmaceutical company getting involved in the cannabis industry i worry about all federal legal legalization just because you know it's it's like, is this law going to be a good law? You know, are you who's going to, you know, how's it going to affect local, smaller farmers? You know, it's like even on a state level, there's so much stuff that the state has gotten wrong. I can't imagine federal bureaucrats <laughs> trying to do this. Yeah, I'm sure that would go great. I know. Well, so, I mean, going back to the, the dealing with haters. Okay. I mean, is it something, do you lean into it or do you just, you know, ex accept it or, you know, because I know some people have very different techniques, yeah, you know, yeah. like the Logan Pauls of the world, yeah. right? they lean into it. They're, they want to be hated. That's like kind of what. I definitely wouldn't say I want to be hated um, by any means. Um, I don't think that like having haters is like a good thing or something that sh people should aspire to. Um, but I've learned that sadly, when you speak out politically for the things you believe in, the people will literally, people who were your friends, people who you've gotten paid, like they will suddenly hate you over your politics. And, um, you know, people will come for you. I'm a big proponent of free speech, so I don't really like to block people. Um, you know, if you want to come to my page and talk shit, like, sure, I'll engage with you, like, defend yourself. Um, um, and also just, you know, so people watching know, this is a pro tip, you know, when you engage with people that are like hating on you, oftentimes they can't help themselves. And so like, they'll keep coming back, which really just like boosts your page's metrics. It pushes it out to even more people, oftentimes like your haters audience. Up. So it's like, you know, you're just doing yourself a disservice, you know, you're just boosting my content, um, you know, yeah. and, and when you you know are strong and you speak up for what you believe in you know and it's controversial people will hate you you know or or they'll just hate in general and it's like you know you can't let that bother you you just got to stay true to yourself you know always whatever you speak up for make sure it's backed by like facts firsthand anecdotes like you've done your research um and you can support why you feel the way you do and if people still disagree at the end of it so be it well thanks for that I think the lesson for all of us there is we can always step outside of the, the current moment. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe into it. I guess contrasting haters, which mm -hmm. is just, you know, negative feedback, whatever. What about, like, how do you deal with bad actors in an industry that, uh, due to its immaturity and, and so many things is like kind of lousy with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say 
um, instead of like focusing on the people that like are the bad actors and obviously they need to be called out from time to time. Um, it's why I started my own agency is so I could, you know, make sure that with my time, I'm using it to focus on the companies that I believe are doing it well, that are, you know, focused on sustainable farming, that are giving back, that are pesticide free, I guess it's sustainable, you know, no till, um, you know, and the people awesome. that are just that are yeah. doing it right, you know, people that really are passionate and are in it for the right reasons. Um, cause before I started my agency, I was working for a more corporate mm -hmm. kind of company and I had overheard their head of marketing talking to their CMO or not head of mar um, their, yeah, their CMO talking to head of legal. And they had apparently got some product that tested positive for mold. And they were trying to figure out how to like, what, there's a term for it. I don't remember Remediate. what it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, to, to bake the mold off. And I like overheard this conversation. Let me hit this and then I'll keep telling you. Cause <laughs> it's, I was just like, are you kidding me? Okay. So I emailed them of course. And I'm like, maybe I overheard incorrectly, you know, but what was this conversation? And they, they clarified that that's what they were doing. They heard it was legal and that, you know, that it can mm -hmm. be used sometimes for turning stuff into oils. And I was just like, would you eat bread or cheese that was like moldy? I mean, I guess depending on the cheese maybe, but like, <laughs> would you eat bread that was moldy that you then use this process on, you know, yeah. like, come on, that's like not at yeah. all acceptable. This is like medicine first and foremost for people like you can't be you can't be doing that kind of stuff. Well, I think that's a really um, it's a it's a great perspective to have. Yeah. And it's a really constructive one to have because instead of focusing on, you know, what's going wrong and the problems and, you know, I don't know, hand wringing about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're really being more proactive and constructive and like, well, let's just empower the people that are doing it right. Yeah. Like put our energy there. Yep. So I really like that. Yeah. And I think too, eventually like the bad actors will like weed themselves out, no pun intended, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, you know, the people will start to see, you know, in Washington, it's been really interesting over the last six years to just see all the brands that have like come and gone and, you know, like, I, I think a really good brand and a good product and people that are passionate about this plant and doing it right will succeed in the long run. So your agency, Blaze Creative, mm -hmm. right? Follow them on Instagram, at Blaze Creative. Yes. B-L-A-I-S-E? Correct. It's French. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've been working with these companies mm -hmm. that have been doing it right. Mm -hmm. So. Who do you think is doing it right in Washington? Oh, gosh. Brands that I love. I love Lazy Bee Gardens. I love Bodie High, Pearl Extracts, um, Stud Horse Mountain Extracts. Um, for edibles, I love like Pioneer Squares. Um, oh, gosh. Who are some other ones? Uh, Mount Baker Gardens is great. Mfused. Um, you know, there's a lot of really yeah. good brands out there. Um, and that's what I think is so great too about Washington's market. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have vertical integration. It's not legally allowed, um, which is interesting because like the free market in me, I'm like, ooh, like it should be allowed. But like also, you know, they they wanted it to create more brand diversity and, yeah. you know, um, it's been really great. That's cool. So yeah, the, the Washington has like the producer processor model, right? Yeah. So we have licenses. We are tier one, tier two, and tier three in terms of size. And then you have, you can get a producer license, a processor license, or a producer processor license, um, and then a re retail license. So there's no distribution license. There's no Correct. distribution 
correct like, layer like in california yeah. where all the taxes and all the testing and everything is done at the distribution layer it's all done at the yeah processor. ours is all done at the pro at the processing level okay. yeah um, and it's it's great. I mean, I definitely when I was working actually for Western Culture, who's um, one of the brands I brought today. If we want to smoke some of their flour, oh for sure. Um, you know, it was so interesting to go from it's so lit off that. I know. I'm, that right. actually burned so perfect. That was I would ten for ten buy one of those. Those are amazing. Um, yeah, it was interesting to to have this license and then figure out okay, how do we like get all of our products out there and like you know, dealing with the testing and it had never been done before on a commercial scale of, you know, of that magnitude. Yeah. And so it was really wild to be like in this grow with like other women that had also never done it before and all just kind of figuring it out. Um, but Washington, we have our own tax issues. We, I believe it's a 35% tax on the retail level. Um, so we have a pretty crazy. Could you have any internal, like in the supply chain taxes? I think there is another one. I'm not sure what that is, but I wouldn't, you know, yes, I'm pretty, I'm like 99.9% .9 positive. Cause I know there was in the past okay. and I don't think the LCB would eliminate a tax completely cause it's the LCB, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why would they give up an income stream? No, they, de <laughs> they definitely wouldn't. <laughs> cool. Well, I am, I'm actually really lit off that. I'm so ripped. <laughs> um, there's been a, uh, events have been coming back. Yeah. So uh, for 710, what, what did you do for 710? Oh my gosh, 710 was the best. Okay, so my best friend Yadira, she's pregnant and um, her husband also does dabs and she just said, she's like, we're having a taco truck. She's like Mexican. Um, and so she's got a huge family and she's like, we're having a taco truck. It's literally all you can eat. So like come hungry. And so I took a couple dabs and went to her baby shower and I had it six tacos and like probably four or five red keg cups of horchata. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, it was a ton of food. It was so good. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. We went to the, uh, the hazy 710. Oh, nice. That looked fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice. It was great. Um, it, yeah, events have been coming back. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. Hopefully. At least around here. Yeah, I think in um, Washington a little bit too. Yeah, is it not as um, quick? Well, I don't know if you are. Like, we've had some pretty big events already. So. I, I feel like Washington, well, they're slowly starting to come back. But no, I mean, we had the Bud Tenders Ball that... Or was it the Bud Tenders Ball? Whatever it was. The one I didn't get, they didn't let me in. Um, <laughs> do you have a Kleenex? I feel like my nose is running from that joint. Um, I don't. I think that's something we should have on. But I'm going to use a Q-tip. Is that gross? <laughs> I did. Sorry. That's really gross. <laughs> Who can relate, though? Like, have you ever smoked and oh, had yeah, your nose sure. run? <laughs> For sure, get the all the Thanks, time. I really needed I that. I actually like <laughs> my dad's. Uh, I'll have just like coughing attacks. Yeah, that wasn't coughing at all. Yeah, no, that was so smooth. I'm actually really surprised. That's why I was like, yeah, I didn't know. But I'm so ripped, and like all the lights. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, I know we had a giveaway that we were doing. 
we had two giveaways. Oh, cool. We, we were doing the Wonder Bread giveaway. Which oh, I love their We had a goodie bag. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. It's really stuff. beautiful branding. Um, and we, we'll be announcing the winners for both that and the... Uh, the Hemper Space Jam box. Oh, I saw you guys posted about that today yeah. too. And that's got a great little rig, um, and and some really cool accessories. Like, and those are we'll, we're going to be announcing both of those at four twenty. Oh, perfect! I'm really ripped. So <laughs> today I cannot, at four twenty. Yeah, today okay. at four twenty. I cannot get through a sentence. I'm you're so, good. You're good. Ooh. Oh, can we talk about since we're talking about events coming back? Can we yeah. talk about the events for vaccinated only? Yeah, I heard uh, that Puffco's got an uh, event that is for the vaccinated only, but but they've made assurances that the future ones wouldn't be. Yeah, hmm. I think that's a really interesting slippery slope to suddenly be pushing on the cannabis community. It's like, wait a minute, you want to force your customers to be consumers of big pharma products, you know, for the very or industry. at least limit your customers. To... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, and I don't think it should, I don't think people should be forced to like choose between, you know, bodily medical freedom and like doing basic life events. And people have said, oh, yeah. they're a private company. They can do what they want. They can do, you know, it's like, you know, that's terrifying if that's what you're going to advocate for. Cause then what's going to yeah, stop because grocery it, stores, travel. It does. They're not saying not for the vaccinated or those who pre were previously exposed to COVID who have natural immunity or those who are medically exempt from vaccination because they have, you know, rare disorders or pre-existing, like yeah. they, they haven't broadened it to be effective. They've limited it to, like you said, consumers of a pharmaceutical product. And also it's like, if we're gonna really look at the data, you know, this virus has a 99% recovery rate. I believe for children under, for people was it under the age of like 20 something, it's like, 99.998% recovery mm -hmm. rate, you know? And so it's like, we're gonna give up our freedoms for that. You know, it's like crazy to see yeah. over the last year how people have just become. Yeah, and at the same time, there's like uh, no no liability for yeah. the producers if yeah. anything does go wrong, Yeah, you know? And um, it's the first time they rolled out an mRNA vaccine. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of firsts, which, you know, it's not a bad thing, mm -hmm. but without kind of some sort of protections, but, you know, to have these companies that are serial criminal offenders, yeah. you know, multi-billion dollar settlements for yeah. criminal fraud, for having, you know, asbestos and baby powder for 40 years. Benzene and the sunscreen, Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, that was accidental, though. <laughs> they didn't know, they don't know, they never put it in. They don't know how it got but there. But the baby powder they knew about for 40 years. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> yeah. they knew about it. Yeah. I mean, not surprising. Multi-billion dollar settlements yeah. against all of these companies. And, you know, that doesn't mean that, like, you have to say that it's, like, uh, it's definitely bad or good or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, let's just um, talk about all the different facets of the issue. Yeah. Right? And not just say... Well, this is the one thing that everyone has to do, believe and say and think. And yeah. And I actually last week, um, I felt like I was going to have an anxiety because I've started now watching the White House press conferences because it's, again, going directly to the source. Here's what the government's telling me um, and hearing the uh, U.S. Uh, was it the Surgeon General and his um, his calling misinformation a public health crisis and how now the government is going to work with big tech to censor misinformation. 
which is deemed like the most up-to-date information at the time. And it's like, these terms are so Orwellian. They totally reminded me of when I lived in China because I knew when I lived in China, like you don't talk about the government online. Like you only say positive things about, because you'll go to jail for it. Like they don't allow it. And so now to hear that our government is in bed with big tech to censor people, you know, that is fascism, like literally fascism. When you're yep. using government and corporations to limit the freedoms of people to do what you deem is best. 100%. You know, it's like, wake up. Yep. The fusion of the corporation of the, and the state. Yep. For the so-called greater good, the collective yeah. good. <laughs> to, to purge us from the unclean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, sorry, Puffco, we won't be at your event. <laughs> but the next one. Yeah, the next one. <laughs> Uh, I think we've got, uh, we'll go to, if we have any live Q&A, we'll go to that. But it doesn't look like we have any questions. If you have any questions for Bess, you can find her on Instagram at I'm Cannabess, right? Yep. Letter <laughs> I, letter M, Cannabess. <laughs> And her, make sure you follow her and her creative agency, Blaze Creative, yes. for coverage of the best brands in Washington. Um, are you working with any brands in California? Or? Um, not at the moment, no, but I'm definitely open to it. Um, I do work with other brands on like my cannabis channels um, that are California brands, but in terms of my agency, for the okay. most part, it's predominantly up in Washington. So, yeah. Great. Well, thank you yeah, so much thanks for, for having me. being on the show. Um, thanks, Cannabis. This was Bluntly Us. And we thank you all for viewing. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, YouTube, all the channels. And try one of these Axiom Hash <laughs> joints. They're really good. Yeah. Just lit. yeah, I am super, super lit. I'm glazed. Axiom <laughs> Hash Wrap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely try one of yeah. those. 10 for 10, recommend. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Cool, thanks. <laughs>